Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Product Owner Podcast. Uh, with me today is uh, Wilbert Seele from Powerness uh, this time. Um, and today we will discuss all sorts of things focusing on product ownership in a scaled environment. What it is, we will learn soon because uh, Will has quite uh, good opinions on this, uh, which we'll learn about soon. But first, uh, let me also point you to the previous episodes where we talked to product owners from the field, um, like Patrick de Groot from uh, politie.nl, Dave West from scrum.org, and uh, please also go look at and listen to their uh, stories because they also have very, very valuable learning points, which I hope you, uh, you find valuable as well. Um, okay, uh, Will, welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's good to have you on the show. Um, disclaimer, we work together in, uh, in daily life, so, uh, but I promised uh, to st stay out of the, the shameful bits and uh, <laughs> keep it uh, fun, entertaining and valuable for the people at yep. home. Yep. Um, so let's start off with the, the, the custom stuff. Who are you? Uh, what's your relation to Agile and uh, furthermore to product ownership? Can you tell us a bit uh, about how you came to oh boy. Um, where you are now? Yeah, so so uh, I've been at ProWareness for about a year and a half now. Uh, before that, I grew up at HP Enterprise, as it's, as it's now called. I was in software professional services. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a lot there with, uh, with enterprise architecture, and I worked with some people working on IT for IT and building continuous delivery uh, uh, systems and infrastructures. Um, and what we noticed there is that more and more of the market was leaning towards uh, working agile and a lot of uh, more and more customers were demanding systems that supported working agile. So uh, I took my chance there and kind of leapt into that uh, and actually um, uh, started off with, uh, well, the way everyone starts off. So I did a Scrum Master course, PSM, uh, which I did at ProAwareness. Uh, that's how I got to meet some people here. Um, and then going from there, uh, went into SAFE because HP was a gold partner uh, at the time, I think still is. Uh, uh, started with a, with a leading SAFE and eventually did a SAFE program consultant there. Um, and then made the switch to ProAwareness because uh, uh, this Agile stuff was uh, a lot of fun. That's yeah. always a good reason to switch uh, <laughs> for the fun, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I then made the switch and I started here uh, December of 2015 um, and kind of started pulling the whole scaling bandwagon uh, within, within our region, within our team and also wider. So uh, I've, I've, I've kind of expanded from SAFE until then. I'm still very, very familiar with that. Uh, but also looking into things like less, like Nexus, like general organizational design and enterprise responsiveness. Um, so that's how I got here, essentially. And as part of that, um, I, I, I keep running into the, uh, uh, the, 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 the world of product owners, so to say, because mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's the product owner the way Scrum describes it and the way uh, Safe and Less uh, prescribe it. And there's, of course, what we actually see at customers. Which sometimes isn't, eh. It can be quite a difference. They share words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of how I, how I got started into that. And, and a lot of, the, uh, a lot of the, 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 the coordination that the frameworks offer you um, is based upon how you set up product ownership within your organization because the effectiveness of any team uh, or a team of teams that you build is very, very much dependent 
on the, the, the product they're working on. Yes, of course. And this is, of course, the, the way almost all agile uh, approaches are set up to have this uh, clear uh, separation of concerns between uh, focusing on uh, optimizing value mm -hmm. versus delivering value. Yeah. So this is a fundamental part of, uh, of the Agile setup, uh, and especially in scaling, which incre increases complexity often. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and actually, uh, you recently wrote two quite entertaining uh, oh, uh, LinkedIn posts uh, mm -hmm. about this topic, mm -hmm. uh, focusing on the notion of uh, a chief product owner mm -hmm. and why that's um, generally a bad or even worse idea than lots of other stuff that you can do wrong. Yes. Right? Yes. So I think it's very interesting to share with our uh, viewers and or listeners mm -hmm. uh, a bit more on that topic. So I don't don't know if you want to start with the safe for work version <laughs> or the, the not safe for work version, <laughs> yes. because you did it in two parts. Well, we will link does, to it them, it obviously. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it does lend itself to that joke. <laughs> so I thought I might as well, you know, as, as, as the Dutch, you know, kick and kick. Uh, put it in the open goal, uh, so to say. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so the idea, of course, um, and well, we can we can start at safe because that's mm -hmm. the main one that has multiple product owners within uh, within a single framework. Is that when I got started there, you have. Um, in, in, in SAFE, and I got it explained for the first time as, you know, here's the team level, which has scrum teams, which of course are formed from scrum masters, from product owners. And then there's a, there's a program level on top of that with product manager, mm -hmm. um, and release train engineer, and then levels on top of that. Um, is, uh, you know, at, at the time, still, still at HP, I didn't get to do a lot of uh, what I learned in practice, that, that, that only comes later, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, the exact nature of that relationship was a bit, uh, a bit iffy. And then, you know, you started, you, you started companies and they already have things going. And often um, what you see is that um, they have an existing organizational structure. Yes. And to then go from there to agile can be... Know, yes, it it's a lot of change for a lot of people. Yeah, it right? can require yeah. change. So what what you see then is they kind of they kind of look at a model like like Scrum, or like a framework like mm. like Scrum or like Safe, and see like okay, you know what 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 fits us, um, and then they see these levels and there's not a lot of not a lot of training there, there's not a lot of involvement from people in the in the know, so to say. So they tend to just re-implement the existing organizational structure with maybe some different forms of working and mm -hmm. some different terms. And then what you see is that the product owner is often set like a, as, a, as a sort of a secretary for the for the teamwork. Yeah, and like and this administrator, right? Yeah, yeah, and it becomes this one-to-one -one link mm -hmm. where they're not so much, where, where the product they own isn't actually the product, but more the team. Yes, and they they own the cycle of work, and then of course you know s someone still has to own the product, right? Because uh, you know s uh, Scrum, Scrum and Safe and all and all those other ones are very explicit about it, and and of course this isn't even a particularly agile thing because we had product managers before. Yes. Um, so someone still has to do that, and then of course you get the other problem is that product manager and product management was an existing term. You know, it, it was already there. So then to just go like, well, okay. You're a product manager, but not in this framework, so we're going to have to give you a, a, a different name. Um, 
you know that that won't fly because it's painful because you don't want mm -hmm. to remove people from their from their existing functions. So then, of course, given that you know the product ownership at the team level is already uh, hampered by not having a product that they own, <laughs> and we're not going to change anything on the product management mm -hmm. on uh, that that already exists. So then, someone has to coordinate the work over the teams on the product with the existing product managers and stakeholders. So you know, chief product owner. Which is just wrong upon wrong upon wrong. Because mm -hmm. this way, no one actually owns the product. So that, that's one thing that you've got against it, right? A chief product owner uh, makes, uh, uh, makes a lack of focus, actually, uh, and, and not having one clear decision maker with a vision, no. stuff like that, because you spread it all out. It's it's the, the the teams don't own a product. They just have their work mm -hmm. organized in a way by someone that usually can't even organize the work all that much, um, because there's a chief product owner that has to organize work on well maybe a product or maybe a, maybe a department or give it a name for a product manager that is an existing stakeholder of hopefully a product, mm -hmm. but that doesn't but who doesn't actually interact with the team all that much because he has layers in between. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, right? It's, it's unclear ownership and no mm -hmm. one can really make the decisions on, okay, this is where we go because this is what I take with me from a technical perspective. This is what I uh, take with me from a, from a business perspective because mm -hmm. they're, they're located at different parts of the organization. Yes. And then, of course, the other major issue is with the word chief. Mm. So even if you had clear ownership, you still would say, don't call it a chief product owner. I do. I do. Okay. Why? B because of the word. Because if you're if you're going into organizational change, if you're going towards a new way of working with certain new terms like scrum master, like product owner, um, uh, what you see is that the 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 meaning behind the words um, sometimes isn't exactly clear. And in other term, and, and, and at some other points, people rely way too much on what they perceive to be a meaning based on the word they see. So for a Scrum Master, for instance, even in organizations that have been agile-ish for a while, mm -hmm. is often still seen, seen as some sort of team lead or team manager. Whereas we know that if there was a hierarchy within a Scrum team, the Scrum Master would be somewhere below the bottom. As a facilitating <laughs> as a leader. As a servant leader, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, yeah. And uh, so if you institute some, uh, something like a chief product owner, and often the people that, that, that get that title had titles before that, which often involved some form of management, mm. um, they're going to act like a chief. Because mm -hmm. they're the chief product owner. They are the chief of the product owners. Yes. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very... Cause um, you know, all they have is the word. Well, maybe two days of training, but if you go to a PSPO, mm. we don't talk about chief product owners because they're not in Scrum. Exactly, yeah. So then you go, well, I'm chief product owner, so I will be chiefing the product owners. And then, you know, besides, of have, uh, besides the existing problem of unclear product ownership, you're also in uh, introducing a, a hierarchy, essentially, which is going to hamper that, 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 that step in maturity of your product owners even more because there's a very clear mm -hmm. ceiling they're going to bump into called the chief product owner. Yes. 
so they're not gonna reach maturity in uh, um, uh, how do you say it um, making their own decisions owning their own product whatever that may be in this setting because we're obviously talking about uh, large development efforts right uh, yeah. and uh, lots of de dependencies maybe not uh, not an ideal situation yet with uh, with real feature teams but some component teams uh, yeah. some some difficulties there true, uh, true, yeah. this is the situation we're talking about not the green fields uh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 decoupled no. all feature teams that have uh, separate product owners with all their <laughs> own vision this is not the, the situation we're talking about this is the real deal like a real company transitioning from doing waterfall-ish uh, development uh, with with uh, 50 to 200 developers working on the same code base yeah. which they think is the same product which yeah. is also yeah. <laughs> so so the thing we're running into here very much is something called uh, Conway's law mm -hmm. which is that um, uh, it's 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 a recursive law in the sense that um, it says that the, the architecture within the organization is going to take the shape of the setup of the organization mm -hmm. and vice versa. So yeah. the organization will shape itself to its IT architecture, which means you're going to get, get back-end departments and middleware departments and channels and front-end and you know, everything. And then if you start introducing product ownership, um, people are in a, in, a, in a certain mindset. They think, okay, we need to make these existing silos, these existing uh, components, agile. So we're going to place product owners there based on what the teams are doing. But that's mm -hmm. not what product ownership is. Product ownership is, is about the, the backlog you maintain. It's, it's not called a team backlog. It's called a product backlog. Exactly. It should be primarily from the product and only then, as a product owner, you go look at what teams do I need to, to build this. Yes. And, and of course, there is, a, there is a maturity step to be made here, which is, uh, which, which, which is part of the reason why, why SAFE has this subdivision of, uh, of, of, of different product owners with a product manager on top of it, is that um, we put one person in charge of the, of the, of the big solution that we're building essentially at the end of what we call a value stream mm -hmm. and we put product owners underneath that can deal with either sub products thereof or product features um, which unfortunately I call team backlog but <laughs> what's uh, in the name right <laughs> but 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 it's still um, still up to that point mm -hmm. it's it's product focused yeah you know and product feature focused and only then do you then make the steps to, to teams. Mm -hmm. So what we see most often in cases where, where I see chief product owners within existing component areas is that they've gone completely the other way. They looked at, okay, these are our teams and we need some way to control the amount of work these teams do because they're always overloaded. Always. I mean, yep. it doesn't matter. Because, and, and, and then of course the, the natural reaction of people from that mindset that they're in uh, being victim to Conway's law and existing uh, organizational uh, setup is okay. I'm going to have this 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 group of product owners with this chief on top of it uh, regulate the amount of work that comes to my existing department, and 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 the, the product. The and the actual product backlog is just is just somewhere. 
Yes, <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's in all the individual backlogs, which need to be cross-coordinated. And before you know it, you're back in the old days where you had a, a, a project leader or project manager well, doing this kind of stuff, you right? Get, you get this many-to-many -many relationship yeah. that, 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 that there's going to be a lot of work on the different products and there's a lot of work regulated on the on the team side, in the, in, in, in the silo side. And somewhere these have to translate, but yeah. <laughs> the person that Scrum and Safe and Less and all of those other frameworks explicitly put down, okay, this is the person that's going to coordinate this, you've not created that person. Instead, you've just created a lot of bureaucracy mm -hmm. and overhead. Yeah, yeah, this is a very true point. And uh, we also must note once again that the product owner um, role, it's a role, right? It's not a person. So um, especially when you're starting with Agile or starting with an Agile transformation, you have to look at, okay, what functions now in mm -hmm. our current architecture, in our current setup, and what, what is the first step we can make towards agility and then keep on making those steps, right? Yeah. And I think one of the major uh, errors uh, when uh, seeking the help of uh, a framework or other stuff you can use to, to help you on your uh, agile path is to think, okay, let's install safe. And the first step of that is done. <laughs> And then we're agile, and we don't have to look back, and we can just go for ten years without changing a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you, you go you go to a customer, and they go like, yeah, we use Scrum, we do standups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, to um, utilize your uh, knowledge and expertise of of scaling and safe in particular, maybe um, can you contrast for your um, for our viewers and listeners, um, which setup do you think is uh, better the um, setup of scrum not mentioning anything beyond product owners at uh, team level or possibly two team uh, setup mm. that's about as far as the, 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 the materials go for the trainings versus the setup that safe employees which says okay there's this thing uh, if you have co coordination you have to do it like this uh, put in a, pro a pro project management, which is not, not always one person, can be a committee, is uh, kind of more towards the old hierarchical mm. setup. Which do you prefer and, and how it's would you frame it for, I'm, I'm uh, for someone that wants to... So I'm seeing, I'm seeing some assumptions here yeah. and to get to the core of the question, the question you're kind of asking, if, if, I, if I make an analogy, is um, which do you prefer, uh, a screwdriver or uh, or a drill, mm -hmm. and whatever works. Yes. I mean, it's all situational. It's all tools. I mean, yes. even even uh, Scrum or Safe or Less or Nexus or mm -hmm. Prince Two or DSDM or uh, MSP, they're all means to an end, right? Yes. And 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 especially in the case of in the case of Agile frameworks, they're means to a means to an end, mm -hmm. which is Scrum is a means to become Agile is a means to deal with complex software development, you know, yes. with, with a set of unknown unknowns. So um, it, it, it depends, and it depends very much on, uh, on the problem that you're trying to solve for your customer. Mm -hmm. um, and th there's a, so there's a lot of ex implicit assumptions mm -hmm. in Scrum and maybe still a bit in safe, though they're getting closer, is that um, you know, a company is, is successful based on can they solve the problems that their customer 
has because people don't buy your products. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, as, as a company, the, the biggest mistake you can make is assuming that people buy your products. They don't. They buy a solution for a problem they're having. Right, so it, it, it begins with that. So what is, the, what is the problem you're solving and what is the solution you're offering? And then reasoning back from there is, can I deliver that solution with one team or two teams or three teams? Just go with Scrum. I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's minimal, it adds the minimum amount of overhead. And you only need one product owner. And you only need one product owner. Um, but if your solution is a very big one, you know, say it completes your M system or, or, or an ERP system or anything that just requires a ton of people to work on many different facets that are interesting on their own but only really get their value from, you know, being, being a part of this one solution that mm -hmm. you're offering, then something like SAFE becomes much more interesting. And the other part that, 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 um, that you said that I noticed a bit is that um, SAFE, the picture would imply hierarchy, right? Because you have, you have a team level, you have a program level, you have uh, that, that god-awful value stream <laughs> level, and the, and, the, and the portfolio level. And, um, but really, when you look at it, they are, they are, they are domains where mm. people operate, where the yes. teams are very much living, uh, living in, the, in the scrum schedule of, of often releasing, of being agile, of going to the customer, getting a feedback. Um, and the product management, which you're right can be multiple people, but I tend to advise against because I just like someone having a, a, a veto, because um, I hate democracy. <laughs> You hate uh, compromises, or as we say in Dutch, polderen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> um, is that is that you have this person here, and in his his uh, the the view he takes is a longer term one, right? He, ter he thinks in terms of uh, or they, if there's multiple, the think think in terms of features mm -hmm. over longer times, maybe at, at, at somewhat of a program epic level, mm -hmm. but also the set of stakeholders they interact with tends to be a different one. You know, it's 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 the people that deal with the, with the full solution that is being offered. Whereas, on a on a on a team le uh, level, the teams and the product owners there they deal with what are probably more end users or you know people that deal with end users. Um, so the realities they live in and the problem domains they're dealing with are very different. And so they all they both have their own source of stakeholders and, and mm. work they want to do and and they're stakeholders of each other. But there should be no hi hierarchical link there. So and and of course and this is where the where the solution really only works if it's super integrated. Because of course if you're in a setting where you have several solutions that you're offering that could also work together, uh, like for instance, say say a Google Calendar and a Gmail and a, and a Google Maps and, and a few of the other ones. Um, I wouldn't even introduce the level of coordination that SAFE offers because it's too much. I do it as separate scrum teams with separate product owners that are just stakeholders of each other. Yeah, and, and they can talk, right? And they can just talk. Exactly, yeah. Okay, um, so um, to make it a bit more practical maybe for uh, companies or product owners struggling with um, their position or maybe uh, seeing that they need to uh, um, collaborate more or need more 
um, uh, coordination across their backlogs, mm -hmm. across their teams. Um, what would your advice be to for a first step to take towards a better agile approach to large-scale mm. development? Right. So, so the 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 trick we're falling into is: um, do we look at the organization as is and see, okay, what what is that one thing we can do better? Mm -hmm. um, maybe. I don't know, but if I'm going to start from that, I've already limited my set of options to just that direction. Mm -hmm. So, if we want to approach this uh, rationally, we have to we have to let go of the existing organization in our thinking, just in that first step to see if mm -hmm. if it is something that we can truly build upon, or if we need something mm -hmm. else. So, one of the one of the things I would I would uh, highly encourage you to start with is find your products. You know, find the solutions that you're offering. Mm -hmm. So really with, with, with a group of people that are very customer focused, come together and, and really look at what are the problems that we're solving and then reason back from that and see, okay, can we, can we work within the confines of the existing organization to support this, to make sure that we are actually delivering on these in an agile manner? So mm -hmm. can, we, can we become responsive on this? Or do we need to draw some new lines? And, and I say that very easily of you course, but quite lightly, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> this is this is a big thing, right? Um, but 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 you know, can we do this in an efficient mm -hmm. manner, or should we do this, or um, uh, or or is the pain that we get here from not being as efficient as we could here still less than what it would take for us to draw new lines mm -hmm. and, and and maybe get some things out, and that is. These are these are questions that you can only ask and answer if you are aware of the problems that you're solving, and mm -hmm. how those how those value streams look like. So, I get what you're saying, but I'm also sure that there are some people uh, when they hear this, they say, "Oh, great! So we go back to the drawing board. Everything is uh, 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 up for grabs, up for canvas. discussion. Yeah, yeah. But we invested already so much in our current." Uh, situation, our current product research, and our current stuff. Yeah. What about that? We invested in that stuff. Shouldn't we just go on with that? Yeah. 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 No, you shouldn't. Or well, um, <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe you should. But you shouldn't care. You shouldn't care. Um, uh, one of the things, uh, what you're describing here is is what's called the sunk cost fallacy. Um, which is okay. We've we've already expended a lot of you know effort and time and money. And and we're here now, so we have to keep on doing this thing. No, we don't. You know, all the all the all the time and the money and the effort you've invested, it's already gone. You know, sad but true. Sad but true. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna magically earn it back. That's that's accounting wise, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but not in reality. No, there's no the true value in accounting. Uh, uh, so, sorry whoa, for all accountants, whoa, whoa. right? No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's a lot of value there. They're very, very important people. Um, very, very important people. Please don't shoot me. Um, no, but the, but, but, but the thing is, the only sane way to approach a problem like this is just looking, okay, with the information we have now, and this being the goal we want to reach, with the effort we're going to expend from this moment on, is it worth it? Yes. You know, and if the answer is no, then don't do it and go do something else. But exactly. don't take 
previous expenses of any form into account when making future decisions. It's irrational because it's gone. Mm -hmm. The only thing that matters now is with what you're going to spend now, are you going to make it back? It's worth it or should you be doing something else? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, very good insight. And I think this is uh, uh, something we can all relate to on any scope, uh, on any level, even in personal life, uh, right? Because it's a very human thing to, to think about it's, this it's, way. It's, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely human. Um, you know, we've both read uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, so, you know, yeah. free book bump there. Um, we will it, link it in the show notes. Because it, <laughs> it deals with this sort of thing. But, but even if you look at recent examples of this, mm -hmm. um, look, at, look at Google, what they did with Google Glass or Project Ara, right, the modular smartphone. They were very far in this. They had practical prototypes. They were things, they were ready to go to market. And there was already a lot of expense in this. And these people, they just, they just looked at what they had at that time and they were like, okay, do we want to go to market with this? Is it going to you know, give us what we need? And in both cases, the answer was just no. No, it's not going to deliver. It's mm -hmm. not what we thought it was. Yes. And so we're not going to do it. And does that mean they lost a lot of money on it? I don't think so. I think they learned some very valuable lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. um, but they would have lost way, way more if they just kept doing the course from a, oh well we started it so we better finish it yes and they freed up a lot of resources uh, creativity uh, money uh, for doing other stuff right so exactly. uh, like the google car which also is i think not gonna launch anytime soon but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> no no there's, there's lots of stuff they did did succeed at yeah, so work work, that, that's on the work on valuable things and yes. the, the the thing about accepting that you live in a complex environment with many, many unknowns, more than you can at one point answer, is that even if you have the best information when you start, it might just not be valid a week later. So the only sane and rational way to approach this is every day when you wake up, reevaluate what you're doing and see, is this still the right thing to do? Yes. Wow. I think that really sums it up um, for this moment. Um, obviously, we are here. You now have the floor and the camera. <laughs> so if there's anything uh, that you feel we haven't uh, shed light on enough on the topic of uh, chief product owners and why they should be abolished forever <laughs> uh, uh, and or uh, maybe the sunk cost fallacy and a bit of organizational design, um, is there anything you still want to add or clarify or like really drive another point, uh, uh, one of those points home <laughs> a bit extra, not another point, that's for another show? No, so uh, the main takeaway I'd want to give is uh, take product ownership seriously mm -hmm. and really at all times reason not just from the product but from the problem that the product intends to solve. And your organization should always be designed in such a way and that means change every so often because what works today may not work tomorrow but always think from that uh, from that problem that you're solving from the solution you're offering and always be ready to redesign yourself in such a way that you can be better at offering that solution and Everything follows from that in terms of how you set up product ownership, if you're going to use Safe, if you're going to use Less or Nexus or Scrum or Kanban or whatever. It all starts with what problem mm -hmm. you're solving and what value you're adding to the world.
Cool. Thank you very much. Um, then as a final uh, rounding off, do you have any speaking engagements? Are you on Twitter? Do you have articles you are currently writing that people can uh, find soon on your LinkedIn? Wh where, where are you active and where can people um, hook up with you, so to speak, uh, intellectually, of course? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm active on, uh, on LinkedIn and Scrum.nl, which is where most of my articles are posted. I have a Twitter, but I tend to not tweet and merely post links to my LinkedIn there. So this is one place where you can find me. Um, uh, I speak, well, I recently spoke at the, um, uh, at the Scaled Agile Market uh, here in Delft. Um, available for speaking engagements, uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and you can reach me here at, uh, at ProWareness. So. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Then uh, as a final uh, goodbye, we have this thing on the, the podcast, which is cheesy, but it's fun. I've, mm -hmm. I've, I'm becoming to appreciate it more and more. Yeah. Uh, we count off. Mm -hmm. And then we just say goodbye in unison while watching the viewers. So, shall we do that? We can do that. Okay. Three, two, one. Goodbye. goodbye.